Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And point there. Wow! King goes for it! Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. You just know, because I'm laughing at the intro, that means Anthony Costa's on with me, because he always does this to me at the very start of every show, and he can't help himself. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find it on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Audio Boom, we're across a range of different audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter, at last, we're on Spurs, we're on Facebook and Instagram too, and we are bringing you our second show of the week. And the reason you're seeing such happy faces is because Spurs haven't played on a midweek, which means for Leon's case, Spurs haven't got knocked out of a cup competition. And we've got a debutant tonight, which is also lovely on the last one on Spurs. And we're looking ahead, of course, to Aston Villa to come. Big game for Spurs on Saturday evening. And also just kind of reviewing um, the previous couple of weeks for Spurs, the positivity around the football club, and also analysing our top four target ahead, as Antonio Conte says. That is the target. And I'm pleased I've got some wonderful guests joining me on the last one on Spurs. First up, you need no introduction. The wonderful Anthony Costa from Blue. He's back with us here. And how are you? Lovely to I'm be back. Good, on. Rick. I'm good. Lovely to be back on with you, mate. Lovely. And, and I think we're a bit, we're quite twinish today, aren't we? We are, yeah, 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 yeah. We're yeah. twins. Yeah, yeah. I would say <laughs> it wasn't deliberate. It wasn't. Although we do speak every day. Deliberate. We don't, we don't, I say, dress each other. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the happiest I've seen you in such a long time. We're not going to put the mockers on it, but. Um, don't put the mockers on it. Right now. Lots of people Listen, about right now. I was there on I was there on um, Sunday. Um, uh, you know, the first half we weren't great. Um, managed to to scrape a, um, a goal just before half time, and then the floodgates opened for us. It was fantastic. Newcastle let us play, and we played them off the park, and and the result showed. Uh, it, the result, you know, it could have been more. Um, mm. And I think we needed that. We needed that as a club. We needed it as a fan base. And I've never seen so many happy Spurs fans in one place, just just joyous. And it's so lovely to see. And long may it continue. Um, and just think to myself, 
there's there's eight cup finals to go still, as as Mr. Conte keeps saying. So Spurs and cup finals don't really do well. So let's say it's like this, you know, the quarterfinals, eight yeah. quarterfinals. I when we were joking and said fifth round, the FA Cup off there. Just <laughs> fifth round, fifth round. We've got eight fifth round ties to go. What can go wrong in what the life? What can go wrong? Yep. Last time I was speaking to this man, unfortunately, he was here for the Burnley review, in which at one point during that show, we wasn't even too sure if we had a manager, such as the nature of Spurs this season. I've said that twice so far. I won't be saying that for a third time this season. Hopefully not. We've got the brilliant Leon Emirati back on the last one on Spurs. Leon, lovely to have you in the house. How are you? Cheers, Ricky. I'm very well, thank you. It's uh, it's good. Yeah, I was saying it's good, good, to be, uh, good to be on when there's some positivity to chat about mm. and and we know that we've got a manager in place for the next game um yeah. which is uh which is yeah which is a great a great delight um but no I, I thought I'm with I'm with Anthony we, I, I was there on on uh, on Sunday I thought we played fantastically I thought that the atmosphere in the stadium was good uh I thought that the players looked like they were really up for it and uh you know it's in our hands it's in our hands now which I think is all we can ask for Yep, absolutely. And it's so nice to have you on when you uh, obviously aren't reviewing a defeat, which I think now we've finally broken that duck, right? We've finally broken that duck purely on the basis that we've got no midweek games left and Spurs are out of all so, cups. So happy with that. So happy that we've we've broken that omen. It means I can come back on a bit more regularly, maybe, Ricky, without the fear of uh, without the fear of us bottling the season. But uh, yeah. no, it's, it almost uh, feels yeah. like that bail curse came to them where Red App just threw him <laughs> for the final 10 just to kind of stop that, you know, from carrying on. <laughs> Anyway, lovely to have Leon back with us. Finally, we're also delighted to hand out a debut on the last word on Spurs. You know, it's nice to bring debutants on where there's such a positive mood around the club. And it's lovely to have Joanna Barlow making her debut tonight. Joe, lovely to have you here. I'm going to try and unmute you, but you might have to do it for me. How are you? Lovely yeah, to have you on the show. Good. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's a really good time to be on, like you said. I wasn't there at Newcastle game, but it's good to hear the atmosphere in the ground is kind of like it is, like I think it is, like everyone's happy at the moment. It's a really positive buzz around it. We've lost that win-lose, win-lose streak that we were on and we're finally win-win-win. So, yeah, very excited at the moment. Conte ball is very exciting. Um, yeah, good time to be a Spurs fan. The actual happiness at the moment is great to see in the room. Um, you know, let's reflect on the last few weeks because... And Ant, coming over to you, uh, listen, I know, and your mantra has always been the same on last one on Spurs, that, you know, we mustn't get too carried away, play the games, focus on getting ahead. But are you surprised by how much Spurs have clicked over the course of the last month under Conte? Because many do say March is the crucial month in which, you know, you really get your season together. How impressive have you been? Very impressive. And as Joe said, it's nice to break that duck of... um, Win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. Um, the, the, the thing that's exciting me the most, Rick, is, as you said, the, the, the team is clicking. Kulazewski and Bentecourt has just upped everyone around them. Everyone, uh, and I know Crackley says it a lot, the minute Conte come into the club, everyone had to up their game to Conte. And now Kulazewski and Bentecourt, everyone's up their game to, to these two players because, you know, we can all F and Jeff and go, we need to spend 100 million on this player, 80 million on that one, 70 million on that one. But sometimes it never works out. Look at Gio and Tangi. It never worked out, you know, and that's why they're back out on loan. Kulazewski and Bentecure, I don't know what the combined price is or will be, but they're the players that we've been lacking. They're the players that we've been missing. They're the ones that have made everyone tick. Um, Kulazewski with his, with his assistance, you know, getting involved, and I like him because he pushes forward. Bentecure, he reminds me of, he's got that touch of, you know, that first touch of Berbatov, and he looks up and he changes his changes his position, he'll drop a shoulder, he'll knock the ball over. It, his passing range is fantastic, and 
I, for one, am very, very excited what the uh, pre-season holds. Um, as we always say on this show, um, you've got to back the man, but back him with the right players that he wants. Not, yeah. as I said, go and spend £100 million on, on certain player, and he comes and he and he's not great. And then we're sitting here on last word on Spurs going, well, he was useless. Do you know what I mean? Get players that can complement the players around them now in this team to make this team even better than what it has been the last sort of four or five weeks. And I, for one, as I said, I'm very excited. Yeah, if you're getting excited, then uh, that is very, very exciting. Because we know, again, you do always try and keep your feet firmly on the ground. You have to, Rick. (laughs) You do, most certainly. Joe, come over to you. I mean, you mentioned off-air just how exciting it is at the moment to be a Spurs fan. Have you been surprised, you know, in the last month or so, how Spurs have seemed to have come into their own? As you mentioned in your intro, they've broken that win-loss, win-loss cycle. Now it's five wins out of the last seven. Are you feeling optimistic now for what the rest of the season holds under Conte? Um, cautiously optimistic. I think um, you, when you've been a Spurs fan for long enough, you know you can't be that optimistic for, for too long. Something's always around the corner. Um, early on in the season, when we beat City, for example, you think, OK, brilliant, this is a game. Let's turn the corner now. That's going to give us so much confidence. And then we got knocked out of the cup to Borough not long after. So I'm... Cautiously optimistic. I think of all the the four runners for a fourth spot, I think on paper we've got the best run in. If you'd asked me a month ago, I would have said, doesn't matter who we're playing, I'm not that confident who we'd be. Um, But now I'd say, I don't care who we've got on paper, I think we could be anyone. So that's how quickly the confidence can change. Um, But right now I think we're in a good place. I think we're in a really good place. Yeah, most certainly. Obviously, we know that Arsenal game now does finally have a date. Thursday, the 12th of May. We're going to come on to that in a little while. I can see already, Anne, the, uh, the heart is trembling. It's going to be a massive game, that. And it feels, obviously, if both teams continue their form they've been on, uh, hopefully in Arsenal's case, it will be the same as what it showed on Monday night, then we're in for a really, really exciting game. One that I know the nerves are going to be shredded by the time that comes around. Leon, coming over to you. Um, listen, I think since we last had you on, you know, we've seen Spurs really pull themselves together. And Conte has seemed to now get this group mentally, I would say, in a right word, charged for what we've seen in terms of their form throughout March. It's been very strong, uh, dominant. We've seen, obviously, a good start to April as well so far. Where do you stand at the moment, Leon, in terms of Spurs and going into the rest of the season? Are you really confident now Spurs can try and finish in that top four? Well, really confident is not a, a phrase that us Spurs fans have, um, I think, as, as, as the guys have alluded to. But... You know, I, I do think that uh, we've got a really positive chance of getting top four. And I think that not only am I optimistic for the end of this season, but I'm optimistic for what happens next season. Uh, if, you know, Conte gets a full pre-season with them, if he is backed in the summer uh, and we bring in some of those players that Ant's talking about that can improve the team immediately, if Kane stays, dare I say it, then I think, we, you know, we've got a really good opportunity and I think things are clicking now. Um, and it just makes me a little bit angry that, Conte wasn't appointed first time round, um, you know, in 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 the summer. And uh, where would we be if if that was if that was the case? Um, but hey, that that's that's what happens at this football club. So um, yeah. you know, let, let's let's see. But yeah, optimistic, definitely optimistic. I think we've got a good run. I think I think it's in our hands. I think if we uh, if we keep that mentality uh, strong and and resilient, then I think we've got a really really good chance of making top four. And let's face it, we all we all want Champions League football back at that new stadium and um, it's what it deserves. And I think that, uh, I think we've got a good chance of making it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And come back round to you. I mean, listen, Spurs did enjoy a, a very good weekend in terms of, you know, finally moving into that top four with a real convincing win 
um, as we saw against Newcastle United. And that was obviously then followed up by Arsenal, um, you know, really failing to turn up against Crystal Palace. Um, obviously, we've seen an incredible, I think, seven-goal swing in terms of that goal difference between the two clubs respectively. Going into now what we call the running, you know, the business end of the season, um, how crucial is now, you know, that, that defeat for Arsenal? Do you see, you know, from their perspective, them bouncing back? Or, you know, we've seen Tierney now going to be out for the remainder of the season. Spurs obviously had this sit back a skip that we'll come on to. What do you make of the form of, of Arsenal who do appear to be our direct opponents? Well, think, for that do you know what, Rick? I think they became scared on Monday. I think they saw our uh, result on Sunday against Newcastle. And funnily enough, my brothers who I went with, my brothers sitting next to me said, he goes, and watch Arsenal lose tomorrow. I went, don't be stupid. They're playing Palace. They'll, they'll turn up because we've beaten them. We've beaten Newcastle 5-1. They don't want to go at. He goes, psychologically, that's that will hit them hard because they're obviously seeing that goal difference. And that goal difference, come the end of the season, could be work, could be a, a blessing in disguise for us. We keep scoring. We keep winning. Could be an extra point, so to speak. And nothing would please me more than even to get the same points as them lot, but beat them to full on goal difference. That'd be amazing, even better. So, but psychologically, that did Arsenal, which was lovely to see. The You know, it got them thinking. It, it sort of shook them up a little bit. And that was, again, as I keep saying, that was lovely to see. So we just got to keep playing what's in front of us. Keep getting the results, grinding out the results. If okay, but there's going to be a few games where we don't play as well. But if we can nick a win like we did, you know, the Watford game, you know, New Year's Day weren't great, but we nicked three points. Um, that's what it's all about. I say this all the time. This is the business end of the season, and it's all about the results now. Um, no matter how we play, I just want them three points on the ball, boys and girls, and that's all I want. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joanne picks up on there the fact you know that Arsenal they, they may have you know had some reservations going into that game because of how Spurs showed their class against Newcastle. Where do you stand it for you, Joe? I mean, a comment on the screen there from Robin says they have a young team and a manager who haven't been in this situation before. Do you think that a lot of that plays into it as well? Yeah, I think Monday night's game will be a turning point for them. I think it's either going to go one of two ways. They're going to have lost their confidence, their heads are going to have dropped and they'll tail off hopefully towards the end of the season. Or it could go the other way. It could be a real kick up the backside for them and they could, you know, go with renewed strength towards the end of the season I think it'll be the first one I think that is you know they've seen how confident we are how well our team is gelling together how well we're playing how many goals we're scoring and I think like Ant said I reckon they're probably gonna be a bit scared of that so hopefully that's the way it's going to go but we can't affect what they do we can only affect what we do so we have to just focus on us and what we can do. Yeah I totally agree I think that's always been the thing with Spurs. Yeah and the thing is Rick you you know me and you talk every day mate what I'm, you know, unfortunately, we've come to that part of the season. I think Joe alluded to it just now. We're always relying on other teams to do us a favour. We need to concentrate on ourselves. I, 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 you know, I do it and I, and I shouldn't do it. Like, oh, if they score yeah, two, we've got to score three. And if, yeah, if yeah. we, you know, concede one, they've got to concede mm. two. And you're waiting for that result and you're waiting. It just does my head. And that's what happens to Spurs, our Spurs fans, year on, year on. So this year... Play what's in front of you, get those results and nick those wins. Yeah. Sorry. Got, sorry, sorry. No, that's yeah. absolutely fine. Leon, coming over to you. Again, a lot has been made about, you know, Arsenal in the last, well, few days. Obviously, they've had the injury to Tierney and you know, Partey. Again, he could be sidelined for potentially a while. Is it too early to look with eight to nine games to go about what they can do? Do you agree that really the sole focus should be on us? 
we can control our destiny now. We know that if Spurs uh, do win all of their games and they obviously keep up the level of goals they're scoring, Spurs should make that top four. I know, again, it's a big should, but what do you make of the form of the opposing team down the road? I'm not going to talk about it, Ricky. I'm not going to talk about it. Not interested. Uh, I think uh, I was very pleased that uh, it was Patrick Vieira who was managing the team that beat them to uh, to, uh, to 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 take us um, level with them. Um, but no, I mean on a serious note, I think I think that they are probably going to uh, uh, have a difficult run in. I mean, there's games in there that, that you can just you can't see them winning. And if if we can get a result uh, on 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 the rescheduled fixture, or even have it tied up by then, you know, not not tied up fully, but be a couple of points ahead, that would be that would be ideal, so that we don't even have to worry about that fixture. Um, so you know, I think that's what all Spurs fans want. But um, no, I mean, you know, I think exactly echo what Ant's saying. You know, Arsenal or Arsenal, um, they can they can do what they want. But I think that that we've got a more experienced manager. I think that we've got uh, actually a better squad on paper. I mean, Arsenal haven't got a striker um, who can score goals, which I think is is going to is going to is going to um, be a real difficulty for them. And I think that it's, it's in our hands, and we can we can push it and and and, and get that get that full spot. But you know, Arsenal are always going to be in this position. Uh, I think where they are um, worried by what we do when we come breathing down their necks, as we are. You know, it's the nature of football, it's the nature of the rivalry, right? And uh, I think that they that they're going to be worried that we're we've been able to catch them up um, in the way that we have, and that we're we're reaching form just as they seem to be dipping. So it seems to be that the stars are aligning. Um, fingers crossed that continues. Yeah, I mean, we're going to analyze Spurs' remaining fixtures to come, but. Um... You know, interestingly, coming back round to you, you look at Spurs, you know, it's five wins out of six now in the Premier League. We talked about that consistency and as mm. obviously Joe picked up on the fact of trying to break that win-loss, win-loss cycle. What also was really intriguing for me is that Spurs now have created the most chances from opening play. And I know you hate these stats, but um, the most chances from opening play crossing the Premier League, one point under Conte. And then you compare that to Nuno, the shift from 0.7. You know, we weren't even having shots on target out under Nuno. Now Spurs are scoring for fun. I mean... It just shows you, doesn't it? Sometimes when you have a different manager in charge, their methodology, the way in which they train these players, you can see there's undoubtable improvements over so many of this squad at the moment. Mate, I mean, the the improvement on some of them players that I thought were going to be sold last summer, and he's put the belief in them. And I'm not saying that they're well beaters, but what I'm trying to say is, is that all you need is two or three good players in the team. You know, it, for example, I'm just going to take Spurs, for example. Two or three fantastic players. Your Canes, your Sons, maybe Bentecure, maybe Kulazewski. All right, that's, and maybe Dyer could throw him. But I think Dyer has been the most improved player this I season, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes, I know Kane's got all the plaudits and, and rightly so. But if you're talking about someone that's come from zero to hero, Dyer is your man. I'm telling you. Um, and he's become, and, and Conte's obviously put that belief in him. Ben Davis, I thought he would have been one of the first to be sold last season. Again, improved so much. And I, listen, I put my hands up. You got to applaud him for doing that. And this is what I'm trying to say when I first started talking this evening was, you don't have to have eleven superstars. You can have eight good players with three or four superstars in in your team, and that's what makes it click. And that's what I want Spurs to be. Not eleven. World class because mm. it will never ever work out. No, we're seeing it United that struggle, though, aren't we? And you know, when you've got so many uh, of those, well, I say elite players, but so many of those players that believe they should be at such a high level, how hard it is then to kind of galvanize the dressing room yeah. to get consistent results. 
but this is what Conte does. You, you, you see what yeah. I'm saying? And, You're seeing and his work. You're seeing the work he's doing. The proof's in the pudding. You know, as you said, five wins out of six. But the thing is, we're scoring goals. We're not nicking a one-nil win against, you know. I thought when we went one-nil down at Newcastle, I wasn't worried. I wasn't actually worried. It was first time this season, I thought, we, we've got this. We're going to come back to this because we've got another 45 in us. 100%. Yeah. They, yeah. they will have to come at us and we will nick it on the break. And we did, you know. Um, but Eric Dyer has been a phenomenon this season. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. I mean, you know me. I said to you, I had you've always said Rick. I've had I had massive reservations whether he could basically take those rickets, pardon the pun, out of the out of his game because we've seen on so many occasions that under different managers, whatever they've tried, they've not been able to eradicate them. But Conte, so far, I think. Having Romero next to him seems to give him a world of confidence oh, as well, right? Romero has your Rolls voice in it. I mean, it's just an unreal player. Um, and you get another left-sided centre-back, you know, in, in, in the summer transfer window. And, you know, as you said, Ben Davis, give him, you know, he's a good squad player. He's a good squad player. Um, but for me, yeah, I mean, Pistoni would be unbelievable. I mean, what a player. Um, mm. Played under Conte as well. So, yeah, yeah. go and get players that know his system. And know and and get the players that Conte wants, yeah. not who we think he should get. And if we yeah. don't get them type of players that aren't superstars, we mm. shouldn't be getting upset because if Conte wants John Smith, go and get him. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Back in, back in the manager of who he wants, right? Back, back in, in the manager. Yeah, yeah. Joe, coming around to you. Listen, one of those players that I know is massively impressed so far has been Dijan Kulisevsky. And I just felt this was a crazy stat. And again, Ant's got to forgive me because I am throwing stats out tonight like they're uh, going out of fashion. But, you know, in the 10 games, Kulisevsky scored more Premier League goals um, than Lo Celso and has made as many assists as Ndombele in managing two and a half seasons. I mean, can you quite believe, Joe, the impact Kulisevsky's had a player that has, you know, come over to this league First time, of course, you know, and the way he's hit the ground running. Brendan Money's only a January signing. Yeah. So, so impressive, I, right? Alongside Bentacore. Yeah. So I was thinking to myself this week, actually, that I can't believe it's a January signing. I thought, surely I must be wrong and it must have been a summer signing. The fact that how quickly they've come in, those stats are ridiculous. And what I like about him as well is his passion. And like, he seems to play for the badge already. And I think that's what's been missing with some of the people that we've been mentioned, like the Celso and Tangi. They didn't seem to care about the club or the badge. Or they didn't play with that passion. And I think if you've got players that can play with that heart, then you can forgive them other things. And, you know, it kind of makes up for that. Um, but he's got it all, isn't he? He's been absolutely amazing. And that front three that we've got now, I know there's been chat on here about Sonny, whether he's world-class, and I, I think mm. he is. And I think we've got a world-class front three now. And I think this is partly why it's so exciting. Um, and all the goals that we're scoring and the squad just seems so together and um, it reminds me of the Poch era back you know when everyone was happy and loved playing for the team and I feel like we've got that at the moment so yes good vibes. Most certainly. Holly comments and uh, Holly thanks so much for your kind words. Uh, we are just relying on Kane and Sonny more coys. She also goes on to say uh, also wanted to show my love for the also wanted to say I love the show. Enjoy some of the pennies. Appreciate that up the spurs and she was going to say to Anne was going to write winks in the super chat but didn't want to wind Costa up. So uh, we're not going to do that tonight. There's so much plenty of positives to come on to. Uh, but Leon let's come around to you. I mean listen as far as we know from Kulisevsky it appears according to Friend of the show, Fabrizio Romano, that Spurs already see Kulisevsky 
as a future Spurs player. It's a matter of when they'll pay the option clauses, but they're confident they'll get it done. There's also been reports on the mail this week that Spurs will trigger that clause as early as the summer, in terms of early summer, to pay that £25 million for Kulisevsky. How impressive, Leon, have you been by DJ Kulisevsky? Because for me personally, to come over here and to tear it up the way he's done in such a short amount of time, been nothing short of remarkable, is it? Oh, he's been he's been he's been an absolute revelation, and I think would be would be absolutely mad not to trigger the uh, the permanent um, transfer of him because he's just been he's been brilliant. I think he's been exactly what we've been missing that kind of directness, that ability to run. Um, <clears throat> that <clears throat> sorry, I've got a bit of a frog in my throat. That that um, that that magic in his left foot. You know the fact that he's productive. You know he's assisting goals, he's scoring goals already. I mean, how many times do you see attacking players come to the Premier League? They can't quite adapt to the physicality. They can't quite adapt to the pace. He's just you know taken it as if as if as if he's been playing there all his life. So you know I think he's fantastic. And I know there was a portion of Spurs fans that were questioning him, questioning him when, when he first first arrived, saying, "Oh, he looks a bit slow, doesn't he?" Or you know he didn't look quite up to it. I mean, look, he, he took a game, uh, not even a game. It was, it was probably about the last sort of twenty minutes of the Southampton or, or Wolves game, was it? Where uh, where that was it, and then he and then he from there on, he's been he's been flying. So I've been really impressed with him, and I've also been really impressed by by the Irish Cafu, uh, Matt Doherty, who I think has just been playing uh, brilliantly over the past few games. I think he's been superb, and I think linking up with. Um, with Kulisevsky uh, down that side has been really fruitful when he's been playing on the right, and he can do it on the left as well, as we saw at the weekend. So um, yeah, I think I think I think we've got things clicking. I think the wing backs are working. I think yep. the new additions are working, and um, yeah, you know we've got a couple of uh, really stonking players in there that, that makes me uh, very pleased to be a Spurs fan right now. Absolutely. I mean, and coming over to you, you look at that Spurs front three and how it's transformed our season since January. Um, you know, we've produced 27 combined goal contributions in the last eight games. Kane, eight goals, four assists. You've got Son, five goals, three assists. Kulisevsky, two goals, five assists. It just feels now that with that front three, Kulisevsky, the way he's come in and taken that reliance of Kane and Son for the goals, that everybody in that front three now feels confident in each other's ability and also they can all play together. I mean, you know, to have that front three scoring the way they're scoring, you know, we've currently got that that inform nature where you've got to be confident for the rest of the season that if we can continue on this level of goals, we've got it in us yeah. a really positive finish to the season. 100% Rick. And this is what I mean. We stay injury free, touch wood, and it's in our hands. You know, it's ours to lose. Do you know what I mean? And I think Kulazewski as I said, when we started talking, so he's come in, he's adapted because the Premier League's the hardest league in, in the world. Um, and he's confident. He's not afraid. He's taking a man on. He's whipping a ball in. He's creating. He's doing his. Okay, not every shot comes off, but he's trying. That's all you want to see from a player. You want it. You know, he, got, he gets me off my seat. I'll be honest with you. He does get me off my seat. And that's what I've wanted. For so many years, you know, even Aaron used to get me off my seat. All right. But Kulazewski, he's got something. He's got, he's not, he's not the quickest as we all, as we, you know, we keep saying, but you don't have to have pace as long as you've got it in your brain, mate. Look at Bentecure. Bentecure for me is that my man, I love him, love him because I like that type of player where he's got control. He's he's so composed. He's got control of the ball. He's not the Mm. quickest, but he'll switch play. You know, he'll see a pass three hours before, you know, we yeah. do. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. like the other day, I was like, wow. Do you know what I mean? And the, the West Ham, when he sort of took it 
round two yeah, players with just dead. one flick. Yeah, it's unbelievable. unbelievable the confidence. That, yeah, uh, that's what you want. We don't want people that are scared to take players on or to change a game. And unfortunately, some players that are still there, they need to go. They need to go, mate. Mm. Um, he's, but you know, again, I mean, that's just, I mean, you just think again in this, it's a, that job in the summer. I mean, I think we're all aware there's still four or five players that probably need to be moved on for the sake of their own careers as, a, as opposed mm. to Spurs. You know, I think, again, you can see now Conte is really settled on a team, you know, there's 11, 12 players now. The good thing about Spurs, and again, and I'm sure you agree on this, that you know now really roughly what our 11 is going to be. And Conte, yeah. no doubt about it, that since Spurs have become consistent, we're getting the results and we become consistent. Is he good at... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we do get these players that Conte wants, you know, I'm reading Martinez would be, you know, be great, fantastic yeah. to play alongside Kane. Mm. He can, he, He's able to change his formation. Absolutely. Do you know yeah. what I mean? We don't want to become that team that, we know the eleven, which is great. Yeah. But when we want to break a team down, like your Burnleys, like your, like your Everton's and stuff like that, when when they're so hard to break down at, at theirs, I'm not saying Everton, but I'm just putting it yeah, out there. But just, Burnley yeah. especially. Yeah. You need to change the system up, and I don't think he's had the players to do that mm. this season. Do you know okay. what I mean? Where yeah. he likes his three four three. I wouldn't mind seeing a three-five-two thrown in, you know, every now and again. I did that against Liverpool earlier this season. Saw, I think we saw four-four-two at the weekend. The way he's adaptable. What I love is yeah. Spurs actually changing formation in game, which is great to see. And the players, are which is great. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. Um, you know what's interesting? You know, Conte says at the moment that the Tottenham players are showing me great ability, great desire to improve, a great, a great will to try and go to another level. And I want to come onto the point that Leon made there to you, Joe. He mentioned there. Uh, the Irish, Cafu, Matt Doherty. Uh, listen, I think it's all fair to say that, you know, Doherty, to be fair to him, I think we all were probably in that camp there. We just thought it maybe wasn't going to work out for him. But uh, credit to him because he has knuckled down really hard. And, you know, the last few weeks, he's, we've seen him contribute to the team. Uh, two goals, four assists in his last six games. Again, a player that Anne says, you know, massively improved under Conte. Just how much credit does Conte deserve for improving a player that was so out of sorts in a Spurs shirt? And really, we couldn't see a way back for him. Yeah, definitely. I'm really happy for, for Doherty. I think it's been brilliant for him. Like His attitude throughout has been great, even when he wasn't playing so well. And those stats about the past six games, how many goals and assists he's got is amazing. And I think, yeah, Conte gets a lot of that credit. And also, I think it was Tan's last um, episode of the pod was referring to like when these new players come in, they lift everybody and they make everyone around them better. Um, so I think it's not just Conte who's improved him. I think it's probably everyone else that has come in. Um, and I'm glad that you mentioned Eric Dyer earlier as well, because um, I've been calling this Eric Dyer redemption season and I think it's been a long time coming. And um, I hope Gareth Southgate um, clocks onto it soon as well. And, um, I, I don't, Joe. I don't want him to get injured. Not now. Um, but yeah, I've been really glad for Eric Dyer that he's finally got what, you know, yes. he trusts him, he starts him every game. He's kept his head down and worked hard for so long that I'm really pleased for him. And I just think everyone's raising their game. Mm. And of course, you know, you want to impress Conte, don't you, when you're playing under him? Yeah. Um, and you want to play for your place. Now we're getting more depth to the squad. People have to lift their game because otherwise they might not get to start. So I think the whole system is just lending itself to everyone being better. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, you know, in a real, you know, I agree without in a, in a perverse way. I was, I was quite glad that I wasn't called up for that squad because he, he's in a real good rhythm at the moment. And I think the last thing we need is any distractions for him because he is playing so well. I would rather just go under the radar. And again, 
you know, in the summer, if he's called up for the World Cup, got absolutely no problem with that because, again, end of season, can't do any damage to us. And I think, again, that might really lift him, you know, ahead of next season because you do feel with Dyer now that um, he's almost, you now I would say, cemented that spot next to Romero. And you'd probably argue that Spurs do need to go and get themselves a left-sided centre-back, you'd probably say, next season. I think Davis has shown himself to be, I think, you know, maybe a capable squad player, but I still think Spurs will look to improve that <coughs> area come January, uh, come obviously the summer. I don't know if you, did you want to come back in there, Ant? Yeah, yeah I, just want to put, I just want to put a question out to, to, to the panel. Um, Chris Pilgrim on the comments here says... Um, yeah. We hope we keep Stevie B. Um, he's earned it, but maybe obviously be at Ajax because obviously the World Cup's coming in November. Now, Stevie Burwine's a, a, a weird one for me because I I know what you can see what he's about. Yeah. But has he got 90 minutes in him? I've ne- I don't think I've seen him play 90 minutes for Spurs. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the stats people can prove me wrong. But Leon, what, yeah. what are you saying, mate? Do you think he should go for his own sake for the World Cup or would you rather keep him and, and have him as a squad player? Well, I, th- I think he's going to go to the World Cup anyway because he can't stop scoring for Holland, can he? So exactly. I think he's going to go. I think he's going to go anyway, and I think he's a really good squad player. He's exactly the kind of player that we need to come off the bench and make an impact. And and you know, there's a bit of a debate to be had about Mora or Bergwijn, isn't there? Because you know, is is there room for two of them, or do you only need one of them given the um, the quality we've now got up 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 top? So. Um, you know, I'd, I'd throw that question back to the panel as to if, if you were going to get rid of one, would, would it be Bergwijn or would it be Mora? For for me, I think I'd probably rather keep Bergwijn right now. Yeah, I think I would play. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he, he can offer he can offer goals. Um, yeah. You know, I love I love Lucas Mora. I think all Spurs fans do because of of, of you know that famous night against Ajax and all the rest of yeah. it. And he, he can't you can't uh, knock his work ethic. But I think that Bergwijn's got a bit more quality and a bit more versatility. I was, I was reading that he plays in the more sort of um, centre forward role for Holland um, in, in on interna- international duty. So we need that that backup to Kane if he if he gets injured, um, God forbid. But um, you know the, the, we we need we need someone who can play that role capably. And if Bergwijn can step into that, brilliant. I also think he could probably play a wing back if it was if it was needed. Um, if we got down to bare bones. So yeah, I think he's exactly the kind of squad player that we need. And um, you know I, I rate him. I think uh, I'm really pleased to see that he scored. He scored at the yeah. weekend. Oh, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to reflect on the comments and I really agree with this. I think where we're at now is I think Mora is quite happy to accept being a squad player and Bergvine isn't. And I think that tells you everything about the player and what they want to become and achieve. When I look at Bergvine, for me, uh, you know, the guy has got goals in his game. I think the only issue we're going to have with him is for me, as Conte says, he really likes him. And I think if anyone saw the Conte cam, um, they obviously put out Tottenham on their official channel a couple of days ago. Conte knew... Bergwijn was going to score. He was always already pointing towards his coaching staff and gesturing towards them because he knew Bergwijn was going to score. And I think you need players like Bergwijn in your squad if you want to be a squad that's competing on all four fronts. You have to be. And the thing have is, to. again, you know, it's a, you know, we can't rely just on Kane, Kulisevsky, Son next season. You're going right. to have to have more options than that. You're you need options. To. And that's why I would say for me, you've got to keep Bergwijn. And I would probably sell Mora because I feel Mora's Mora. I don't think he's going to improve any more drastically than what he's done at Spurs. But I feel with Bergwijn, there's still another level that we haven't quite seen yet. And he's only been working under Conte for what, the last three or four months. And I think already you can see when he's been on the pitch, he's consistently improved. Look at the he's, goals he's... he scored, West Ham, obviously Leicester. And again, the weekend, you know, there's goals in Bergwijn for me. But it's the problem we're going to have is whether Bergwijn 
is going to push for that move because if he pushes for that move, I think Spurs are in a very difficult position. If he wants to be part of something special that are looking to build a project here to try and compete for, you know, arguably next season, if we can try and contest for a league, I know that might sound ambitious, but if we get the players in Conte once and we keep Kane, we keep Son, we build around Romero, we build around Dyer, we look to improve at fullback, then I think there's no doubt Bergwijn's got to stay. But I think the key will be, I don't know if you agree, Joe, whether it's more of a case, it's on Bergvine here, how how happy he is to remain, to be part of a squad where he knows he's not going to be guaranteed to be first choice in that front three. Yeah, that's 100% my thoughts. I agree that Lucas Moura seems really happy as a squad player, happy to play that role. I don't think Bergwijn is. Um, I think from a couple of social media posts I might have seen, he wants to be valued as a player. And yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to feel that way currently. I think for Spurs, it'd be great to keep him. Um, a really good super sub at the moment, if nothing else. Um, but only if his mentality is good, only if he's happy to play in that way and be that part of the squad. Otherwise, you've got the risk that his head will drop and his attitude will go. Um, and then he won't come on and score those goals. So if Conte can keep him happy in that role, yes, absolutely. But I think there's always a risk that he's just not going to want it. And then if you've got rid of Mora, then what have you got? So yeah, I think it's tricky. It's an interesting one, though, isn't it? Because we'd like to say we want to compete on all fronts next season and we do need a squad. We do need a second 11, so to speak. The, the yeah, thing is, yeah. Adam, if, we were gonna, if we were going to sell Bergvine, he'd be the kind of player we'd be looking to buy, wouldn't he? Do you know what I mean? Like, That's what I'm know, saying. If you, think, if, if you think about you know Spurs generally, if we're going to sell a player like that, but we're still going to need someone that's going to be able to come in and be able to play across the line. And Bergvine can arguably do that and he's got goals. It just doesn't mm. seem right to sell him. But the problem, do you think Ant will push for that move in the summer? I think he, I think the, my gut's saying he will because he wants to be. I know, as, as Leon said, and rightly so, that he is going to obviously be in the, in the Dutch squad for the World Cup. But at Spurs, he won't be playing 38 games consistently, right? So he's going to look at that and think, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm part of Conte's plans because he likes me. But I might get five or six, maybe ten at a push Premier League games. Maybe not starting, maybe to come on. So you think about it, it comes on a 70 minutes, 80 minutes. So it's like you put it all together. He's only played a handful of games and it's only like adds up to an hour. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, over a season. But if he wants to go to, to, to be part of the squad, give him the League Cup runs. Give him the FA Cup runs. Don't just rely on Kane and Son because... You know as well as I do, Kane might have an injury. Son might have an injury. They're they're players. They're football players. They're not robots. So they're professional athletes. They they will get, you know, an injury. So we need that squad. And I I wouldn't look to sell Berwin. I like him. There's something about him that I really, really like. I don't know what it is. I've got a soft spot for him. Again, they can't put their thing on it, but there's something about him that, you know, you you don't want to see him go. I would be really gutted if he does go. I mean, Leon, you said earlier, though, that, you know, out of the two, you probably would probably sell Lucas. Do you think it's now a case of just seeing if if Bergwijn's going to really push for that move, Leon? Is this the key here? Is that that where it comes down to, really, whether he's going to be happy to accept being part of a squad? But again... I know we don't want to put the mockers on it. If Spurs are playing Champions League football next season, they're going to need depth in that squad to be able to then rotate between Tuesday, Wednesday to then Saturday or Sunday. And then again, League Cup, FA Cup, if we're looking to be a side that wants to challenge consistently for trophies, that's a play you have to keep, surely. Yeah, I, I fundamentally agree with that. And I think that 
it will come down to him pushing the move rather than it coming from the club because I think he could have gone in January by the sounds of things. He was very close to moving to Ajax and Conte said, no, I, you know, I, I want to keep him in, in, in the squad and rightly so. So, you know, I, I think that if it, if it does come down to it, then, you know, he, he's going to want to move. And I think Conte's got to sell him the vision that if, yeah, if, if we're fighting on four fronts and, you know, look, if we we've got to be competing for a trophy seriously next season, haven't we, really? Um, you know, maybe the league's too much of a stretch, but a domestic cup or a good run in Europe um, would be would be what we're after. So you need players like Bergwijn to... Quality players to come off the bench. And um, I think and, and and Joe both said, you know, we've been lacking depth over the past um, few seasons, really. And the fact that we can bring on Bergwijn, someone of his quality off the bench... Um, and and for him to score a goal and add to the add to the scoreline like he did on Sunday, then I think we we need exactly that type of player in in in, in our in our squad. And um, I, I, I'm with Ant. I really like him. I think I think he's got a lot of quality. Um, I think if he does go to the World Cup, uh, which he will, and and has a good World Cup, then um, you know that, that's that's going to be even better for him uh, coming yeah. back and and saying to Conte, well, actually, why don't you start me? You know, why don't you start me? And there's no reason why Kuliseski. Or, or Son can be can be dropped, and they and they can be the the, the impact sub coming off the bench. We want that type of competition uh, for, for places. No one should be undroppable. And um, to get that kind of mentality, you need you need you need quality in your squad. And, and Bergwijn gives us that. So I, I'd be I'd be upset if he left. And I, and I think that um, I think that a lot of the a lot of the fans would be. But you know he he might he might think otherwise. Hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully Conte can sell him the vision that he's got he's got a big a big role to play. Yeah, I think, again, it's just one of those where we're going to have to keep an eye on it. And again, between now and the end of the season, you feel, you know, I would, I think he should be disappointed if he's not the first sub on the field when we're looking to make that change to the front line. You know, if you're, again, he'd be very disappointed if it's going to be Lucas ahead of him when it comes to when Spurs are looking to make changes. I think it's very clear what we've found a settled 11 now. You'd be disappointed if you were him and you weren't the first name off the bench. And I know he wants more than that, but again, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, just very quickly, some news we heard today that Humin Son had completed all 544 hours of his voluntary work as of last month. That means he's finished all of his military requirements, which um, for Spurs, that's quite a big deal. Again, it means for Son now that hopefully, fingers crossed, it means that he won't be missing any time for Tottenham. Again, he has his commitments with South Korea, as we know. Um, but obviously, that's really good news. Uh, Pierre-Mir Hoybier, a player that has really improved I would say over the last few weeks, no doubt about it, since Benson Kaur has been next to him, um, he's firmly emphasised just how special of a coach Antonio Conte is. He says that dreaded line that we've all been saying, uh, we've got eight games left, all finals. The other clubs would say the same, all finals. So it's not about who says it, it's about who does it best. That's where we are right now. And he actually made a point, Conte, um, at the weekend of singling out Hoybier for real praise. And let's come over to you, because I know we both probably felt the same about Hoybier, where we wasn't quite sure... Um, how big a future he had to have or well, remain at Spurs. But is it fair to say since Benton Kaur's come in, sorted in next to him, looks like it's the same player we signed or the previous player we signed at the very start of his career at Tottenham? I think Hoybier is the player that we've been expecting. It's taken a good year or so because he hasn't he hasn't had the, the right player next to him. Oh, he's had yeah. Skip, you know, for a few games, you know, before obviously before Skip's injury, I'm sure. As you said in the beginning of the show, we're going to come on to that. But he's got Bentecure. Hoybier doesn't have to do much. Just break the play up, mate. Yeah, you run around, you do your bit, and you pump your chest out. Fantastic. But let Bentecure, you know, knock the ball about. You go and tackle, give it to Bentecure, and, and he'll show you what to do. And, that, and that's fine. 
because he knows his role. He's not doing two jobs. When he's when he's with old matey boy next to him, who I'm not going to name, but when he's got matey boy next to him and you've got matey boy running around doing what he does, giving the ball away and falling over and letting the other team score, as he's done on a f- few occasions, it, it th- they don't complement each other. These two do complement each other. So that's it. Exactly that. So for me, as King Hoddle just said, that's all he needs to do. Break up play, give it to Bentecure, let him do the stuff, mate. And Jay, I don't want to see Winksburg anymore. <laughs> Joe, coming around to you. Is it fair to say that we've rediscovered uh, Hoybier's role now? I mean, I think it's fair to say that you can always tell the quality of a player when you put somebody next to him of either equal or better quality. And since Bentecure's come in there, he just looks so much more able, secure as a player. You can just see he looks more comfortable on the ball. Yeah, it could have gone the other way, couldn't it? It could have really showed him up. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and luckily it's gone this way. I mean, I've liked him from the start. I think he's a real uh, warrior kind of player and he really does like put his heart into every game. So I I really liked him from the start. Um, but yeah, I think at the moment, brilliant. And even if Skip can come back in and play alongside him as well, um, I think that'd be great. We won't talk about the other player Um that Ant doesn't like. Um, I don't mind him, but um, yeah, no, I'm really happy. I think he's just another example of the uh, new players coming in and lifting everyone around him. Um, yeah, very happy. Leon, for you now, I mean, again, these are the players that, you know, we really want them to start, obviously, driving Spurs in terms of their character. Hoybier, again, I think it's been questioned just how much of a leader he is, but, you know, when you look at the reaction of when Spurs score, He's one of those players just telling everybody to keep calm. And you do feel Conte relies on him. You know, does rely on him to some degree there as a leader. Do you think we're starting to see that again now re-emerge since he's had a midfield partner next to him of, you know, equal or better quality in Benton Kiel? Yes, um, but I'm going I'm to differ with my with my esteemed fellow guests here in, in that, you know, I, I think I think we need an upgrade on, on Hoiberg um, in, in the summer. Um, you know, Skip might might be that player to be honest, but but I think I think we we need an upgrade uh, on on Hoiberg again. You know, a decent option to have as a backup, mm. but I don't think he's a Champions League level midfielder. To to be to be completely frank, I think I think yes, he offers a bit of grit, a bit of determination, and he's probably very vocal in the dressing room and all the rest of it. And I think that's important. We need those types of characters, but I'm not sure he's he's got the the quality that that we need. And now that we've got Benton Cure, um, you know, we can we can be flexible with who we bring in. You know, can we bring in someone who who can break up play, but also play a little bit as well? Um, you know, which I think is what we need if we really want to be pushing on. So, yeah, you know, he yeah he brings leadership, and I think that's been missing um, from from the squad. But but you know, now we've got players like Romero, Bentoncure. Um, you know, leadership isn't quite as much of a um, of, 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 of a of a lost cause that it used to be. So you know, I think I think we need more than just leadership and heart. And passion. I think yeah. we need a bit of quality, and and I think we need an upgrade on that. So, um, no, yeah, you know, he's yeah, improved, but but we need an upgrade. Yeah, but I, I think you know naturally, if we're, if we're a club that are going to hopefully, please God, they're going to finish in that top four Champions League, then yeah, the centre of midfield with Benton Cure and even Skip there, I'd still feel it's fairly lightweight. I mean, and I can see you're not in there as well. You know, that's still an area we're going to have to massively improve in the summer, right? <coughs> you know, Spurs going to be genuinely trying to compete with the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, yeah. City. We keep saying this. You need a squad, um, yeah. and I, I, I get what Leon is saying, and I think he's spot on in that. In, in that, would you trust Hoybier against if we get to the Champions League against Barca, against a, a, 
a Bayern, against a Villarreal, against a Atletico Madrid, against he has got a mistake in him. Let's have it right. You know, he, he does give the ball away when he's under pressure. But if we get an upgrade, then that might make him might make yeah. lift, you know lift this game I've because all, competition said, yeah, brings I've competition. Always, yeah, I think that's the biggest problem with Tottenham. I've always said because a lot of these players are devoid of competition. That's why I think you do see elementary mistakes because they're not being pushed enough. You know, I, even down to Larice. You know, at the weekend and listen, I love Larice. Glad he's on the new contract, but you just wonder. Gallini is. No, we need, we need, we need, we need, we need, we need yeah. a keeper. No, we need I, a keeper. I agree, but I also think no, I do, I do agree, but I think the problem you've got is that I don't think Gallini's pushing him enough. You know, so Larice is on his toes. I think he knows. You know, Larice's place is guaranteed. Whereas you've got a goalkeeper coming in that's going to fight with Larice. That number one, every player's on their game, every second of every 100%. minute, concentration wise. So I know there's been links to obviously Sam Johnston at West Brom. Spurs are reportedly favourites to get that done. So obviously we'll keep an eye as to how that does progress. But what we will do, uh, we will go for our first break of the show for our listeners on audio. There's nearly 300 plus of you watching us live on a Champions League night and a Premier League night. So thank you so much for all your incredible support as always here. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. We're delighted to sound the last word on Spurs and you'll know it by now that we are sponsored by NordVPN. So Nord are an incredibly secure, fast and incredibly to use VPN. As we say, they're the Harry Kane of VPN. Incredible in all its facets with device protection such as the steel and warrior shape of Christian Romero and the internet speed of Hummin Son, not Adama Traore. They've got over 5,200 servers across 59 countries and they automatically select the best server based on locations, loads or your specific needs. Uh, you have a great opportunity to save on the likes of YouTube Premium. Uh, you've got Disney in there. You've got Hulu as well um, by unblocking those channels. We're going to share a code review on the screen right now, which allows you to take full advantage of a discount. So at the moment, Nord have launched a brand new feature called Threat Protection, which is an anti-malware software which uses users to be able to give a potential, let's like say, free I would say discount for that. You can use the code LWS with a huge discount to make sure you go and grab that and take advantage of that as well. And um, second half of the show, guys, we'll be looking ahead to Spurs' running, our remaining fixtures to come. But before we do, we'll give a quick mention because we did talk about um, Ben Secure and Hoyby there. Oliver Skip, who has had a setback over the course of the last, I'd say, couple of days, which is obviously really disappointing. He's um, now resumed indoor training. But... um. It appears that what looked like a very, very close comeback coming over to you, Joe, um, isn't so close now, which is obviously really disappointing because, uh, you know, he had a really positive start to the season. Skippy looks like he's about to sign a new contract, but still not available, which is obviously really disappointing. Yeah, I think we need to play the long game with Skippy, though. I think he's hopefully going to be at the club for a long time. People have said he's a future captain, haven't they? He's still so young. And I just really don't want us to risk him by rushing him back too early. At the moment, we were right without him, um, you know. Fingers crossed we don't get another injuries, but I really wouldn't want to rush him back. Um, so hopefully um, he can just get the rehabbing needs. Maybe he just doesn't play again for the rest of the season. Who knows? But just make sure he's strong enough to come back next season and uh, and play really well. So let's just not break him. Yep. Agree. I mean, do you know what, Anne? 
I, I was where I was skip at the start of the season that we're going to overuse him and burn him out. But I mean, it's just been so disappointing that um, we haven't really been able to get him back on the field because, listen, I think it's clear the guy's got real good quality, you know, not being disrespectful. I think when you look at what midfield Spurs have had in the past coming through the ranks, you know, I think he's one that you can really see, um, yeah. especially with Conte under his guidance and leadership, that yeah. there's a real good player in there, isn't it? It's just this point we haven't yeah. seen him as often as we can the last few weeks. Yeah, it's a shame he hasn't been able to play with Ben Secure. It'd been interesting to see how they, that relationship would have developed on the field. Um, but again, as Joe said, you can't you can't burn the, the boy out too quick. So if he's out for the season, you know he's out for the season. There's nothing we can do about it. So I'd rather him not come back if he's not fully fully fit, because that can only do him more damage. Give him the summer to 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 re- recoup and to come back pre-season and begin the next season stronger and fitter than ever. And I think, you know, if you rush him back because he has to, because we've got we're less players, it's, it's a yeah. shame because he can only do you damage. But I yeah, like I him. I like, I like, I like, yeah. I like Oliver Skip. I really do. Um, it, it, is, is it a future? Maybe. I think we still need, you know, as Leon alluded to, we do need other players in that position as well. So, but I like him. I like his passion. I like what I see on the pitch. and. Yeah, he doesn't scare me. He doesn't. He doesn't make me, you know, jittery when I'm watching. So no. he's very calm on the ball. I like him. Yeah, Leon. The only obviously testing thing we've got at the moment is we're we're, we're quite lucky by the fact that you know, again, not trying to put the knockers on it. That you know, Benson, Cure, Hoybier, to some degree, um, they've been consistent in the team. You know, in terms of you know injury wise so far. I know every Spurs fan telling me to shut up now and don't even get started on this subject. But the only concern with the only concern we're going to have is you know if Spurs are going to need to explore other options in that midfield, I think our lack of trust when it comes to who else we've got in reserve is a real worry. You know, going into these last eight, nine games, how damaging will that be if we can't get skipped back out there? I mean, by all accordance, it does seem a minor setback, but it's still a setback that we could really do without. Yeah, I mean, you know, even if he does come back before the end of the season, he's he's not going to be fresh, is he? It's going to take a while to come back. He's he's been out for a while. So, um, yeah, the the lack of depth in that that centre midfield area is, yeah, is probably the most concerning component of of this running now, isn't it? Because you think if we get an injury to Hoiberg or or, or Bentoncure, then then we'll worry. Um, But, yeah, I really like Oliver Skip. I'm gutted for him, really, because I think the way he started playing at the beginning of the season... um, you know, he he could have been in the England World Cup squad. Uh, I, I think uh, the the way he was playing, you know, I think I think he's, he's an upgrade on Calvin Phillips or whoever else is mm. is is is, is going to be in that role, contender yep. for that role. So, um, you know, and I think for him at that age to be in an England um, World Cup squad can only be a good thing for us in terms Absolutely. of experience and yep. the rest of it. So, um, you know, I'm gutted for him on that front. Really good player. I think the fact that we produce someone like him from the academy, um, you know, is 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 brilliant. We've just got to hope that he's managed in the right way and doesn't turn um you know it doesn't turn out to be like harry winks dare i say it uh um uh that dare i say that name but um so yeah i think i think if we if we manage him well manage him properly then i think he could be a really really exciting player um but um you know at the end of the day injury is an injury and i think conte was quite conte seems quite frustrated at the way it's been managed i'm sort of reading between the lines he's kind of not not really been um, giving the, the medical team the, the best report back on 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 the way that the injury has been handled, so maybe that's a bit of a concern as well. But um, yeah, let's hope that it's not too serious. He comes back and and we've got some depth in that 
in the area. And yes, Pape's Pape Sar. Um, you know, he he comes back um or, or, or joins. Um, let's see what he can do. Um, I doubt Ndombele or, or Lacelso will, will, will play again in a Spurs shirt, to be honest. Um, but um, but you know, I think that's definitely an area we need to dip into in the transfer market in the summer. Yeah, I, again, it'll be interesting to see what what does happen over the summer because again, I mean, we're saying they're not, you know, think they're going to play another, you know, a game in a Spurs shirt. We've still got to find buyers for those players. Again, there's been reports this week that Lacelso, uh, Villarreal, keen on potentially a permanent move for him. Again, it's going to be quite a sizable fee. The same for Tungi and Dombali as well, who we know is obviously uh, back in action tomorrow. He'll be taking on West Ham. So uh, Dombali's got a chance to some degree to redeem himself for that game. Um, But what we'll do, guys, is we'll have a quick look at what Spurs have got in terms of the running. Now, we're going to obviously do a Villa preview shortly. So, I mean, Villa-wise at the moment, we know they're about to win in their last seven, but we'll go into a bit more depth on that when we do that preview. Following the Villa game, we know we've got Brentford away for Spurs. So, you know, we'll be keeping an eye, of course, on the game. There's a midday game at the Emirates uh, where Arsenal are going to travel. Uh, they've got Chelsea prior to hosting United as well. So, you know, Brentford, we've seen obviously Ericsson um, performing really, really well for Brentford. Just that game on paper, guys, very quick thoughts on that. Uh, and to start with you, Brentford-wise, that's a kind of game where Spurs in the past, we know... We're going to have to turn up there, aren't we? They're going to be yeah, a you're going to have it's to turn a, up. It's a London, London derby there as well. Yeah, it's you know, it's one of the first London derbies against them. Um, yeah. is it ours or theirs? No, at Brentford. Yeah, at oh, it's at Brentford, right? Yeah. Well, they'll be up for it, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> the story of the season so far for me is, is seeing that man Christian Eriksen on, on the pitch. I think it's yeah. fantastic. Um, I love him back in at Spurs in the Spurs shirt next season. Um, and I think it'll be quite emotional. I think it'll be one of them games where the emotions will, will might maybe take over. And I think some of his old mates might be a bit, you know, a bit scared to play against him. You just don't know, do you? Because it's like old mates meeting up. But I think we have to go there and, and you know, we have to we have to beat them. We have to be the better team and, and get the three points. Yeah. It's interesting you say that, And I just wonder, Joe, coming over to you, just how much of a factor that will play for Ericsson. Because, you know, he's adored by Spurs fans. Uh, and a lot of those players would have played with him. It'll be emotional for him as well, uh, playing against his former club. He's had a real good impact there. Um, Brentford, does that worry you on paper that game? Or should Spurs be approaching that still full of confidence? We know, obviously, it's after Villa, so we can't predict Villa, how that will turn out. But it's a game we should expect to win, right? Yeah, it's one I am worried about a little bit. I'm emotional thinking about it, thinking about Ericsson playing in front of Spurs fans again, albeit away fans. But I I hope the emotion doesn't take over the game, but it might. Um, we saw when Ericsson's, was it when Ericsson, when they played Norwich, I think, Brentford, when um, Ericsson was tackled. And they um, like hugged him. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if there'll be any of that kind of run. No one's going to want to stick a boot in, in him or anything. But um, Brentford obviously beat Chelsea, didn't they? And um, I think you know, they, they will be up for that answer. They're at home. So it is one of the few games that I am a little bit nervous about. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. Leon, coming over to you, the same question really on Brentford. You know, we don't obviously know what their position will look like in the next few weeks, whether they're kind of going to be steering themselves to safety, whether they'll still be in and amongst a relegation battle. We know a full-time there, Adrian very kindly shown on the screen, Burnley three, Everton two, full-time Everton just... Again, uh, you know, we haven't got Everton to come. We've got Burnley to come still for Spurs. Tottenham v Burnley. So, again, that'll be one that's interesting to keep an eye on because for Brentford now, um, that does really increase the pressure over the next few weeks where they're still going to need results, aren't they, Brentford? 
Yeah, they are. And it's definitely the kind of game that worries me, you know, just looking back at the, those games against Southampton, those games against Wolves, where it looks like we should be winning them fairly comfortably, but end up end up losing them. And I think, you know, Brent, Brentford, um, Brentford has that feel to it, uh, but maybe we've turned a, turned a corner in terms of mentality, fitness, or whatever it was. Or whatever it was. Um, so, you know, yes, I think they're slightly worrying. And Brentford have we saw them against Chelsea. It was just, it was just incredible. So, um, you know, they, they, they are not an easy team to play against. Yes, it is, um, it is, you know, going to be emotional with the Christian Eriksen factor and all the rest of it. Um, but we've got to focus on doing what we can do. I worry, I worry against teams that, that sit deep against us. You know, mm. that, that's not going to be a revelation to anyone. Yeah. We, we've struggled against those types of teams. And I think it's important, yeah. therefore, that we, get out on the front foot in those kinds of games and, and try and score early to force the other opposition teams to come and start playing. Cause that's what happened against Newcastle. Once yep. they, they realize they've got to start attacking to get something from it, the floodgates open and we, and we, we start scoring goals for fun. So um, if it gets to 70 minutes and it's still nil nil where it's, you know, it's still a draw, I'll be worried. Um, but if we can score early doors and then, then I think, you know, we can, we can win those types of games, but let's see. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, after Brentford for Spurs to come, and just for our live listeners here, uh, Adrian very kindly confirming that Chelsea won Real Madrid three. Our Chelsea starting a really, really poor run, as we hope, as we saw against Brentford. That obviously beat them. Oh, the that's weekend. a shame, isn't it? Wouldn't it be a shame? What a time oh, to go on to a wonderful. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Now they know how we feel. Sodom. Oh, but you know what? You know what? They got they got them locked down the road in between. Is it after? But- you know in what? between I mean, this game know, or is it next you, week? Yeah, I know we had a call and you said, I know we had a call out last week and you said to me, shut up. We used to about third, four. I, I, you know, Chelsea... No, no, I, no, I just, don't. No, no, you're no, going silly now. I'm not, no, I'm not going silly. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, that still isn't secure for Chelsea yet. I'm not saying Spurs can take third. I'm just saying, you know, who knows what the rest of the season has in store for them. They've got a lot going on there in terms of protesting of current I, ownership and new ownership. Yeah, I, I think they're going to want to have to turn up against Arsenal because if they if they were through tonight, if they beat Real Madrid and they've got you know they're comfortable going over to to the Bernabeu, yeah, and they can afford to rest a few players, then okay. But they've lost tonight. They've mm. got to turn up against that. They need that third spot. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I was, imagine if they. Oh, well, this is what I said to you. I wasn't referring to Spurs in that bracket of third. Yeah, I know, I mean, Chelsea, I know, I mean. the form they're in at the moment, you know, the last couple of games, again, it's too early for that. But um, you know, we'll draw attention back to the obviously analysts of the running. You know, after Brentford Spurs is that dreaded trip to Anfield, Saturday the 7th of May, we know now, a Shit. quarter to eight kickoff. I mean, listen, Liverpool at the moment, coming over to you, Joe, they're in the midst of a title race for them. Every game feels for them, not the same for us, a cup final. You know, City, to be fair, City as well, keep on winning at the moment. You know, many people have just written this game off completely, saying there's no way Spurs will get a result at Anfield. Do you share that or do you think Spurs have got a chance there? I think my biggest worry for this game is that it comes before the derby. Um, and that I think yeah. whatever happens, yeah. we've got to go into that game with everything, emotionally, physically. And that's going to take it out of us, whatever the outcome. And my worry is that if we're relying on the North London derby to get a result from to get fourth, that we might be affected from the Liverpool game still. <clears throat> So, obviously, it's a, a difficult place to go to Anfield. Who knows what's going to happen? We can beat them. Um, I think we, but it will take everything out of us. And that's what worries me about that game the most. It's interesting, Joe, you made that point. Can I tell you, Leon? You know, you know, Spurs, 7th of May is Liverpool. Then, obviously, the Thursday is the Arsenal game. So, there's, there's less than a week of a turnaround there. And yet, it's whether that Liverpool game is going to 
I would say, be exhaustion for our players. You see the energy Liverpool uh, put into games. Spurs have got to try and match that energy on that night. Plus, you know, a, a crowd that, you know, Liverpool, as we know, they're always up for it midweek. It's a ground that Spurs mentally, we don't ever seem to do well at. Do you think under Conte, does that change when you look at the way Spurs performed against City earlier in the season? Yeah, I think it, I think it definitely changes, and um, you know, I, I'm slightly more optimistic about the Liverpool game than I am some of the others. You know, because I think we 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 do better, um, like I was saying, against teams that come out and attack us and have a go and play a high line and all the rest of it. And I think we can we can do some damage. Not to say that they can't do some damage the other end as well, but it gives you a good game nine times out of ten, like we saw in the return fixture. So. Um, you know, I, I think that um, I think the Liverpool game will be will be tricky. Obviously, that they're, they're a phenomenal team, and um, they could you know they, they they could really throw throw a spanner in the works for us. But um, yeah, a, a Winks hat trick will be would be nice, albeit slightly. Oh, we'll uh, be going nuts. <laughs> I think. I'll I think. Ant- what, can, even can, if, if Winks Wink, if Wink scores a goal against Liverpool, can Ant come and come on and eat, eat something silly or, or do it in his own oh, way or something? Leon, uh, I'll, I'll eat I'll eat me hat, mate. I'll eat me out. <laughs> Fine. Well, <laughs> you would do it. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, the game will be tough. Of course it will. It, it will be. Um, I worry about fitness in a way because, yes, we've got fitter since Conte came in, but that doesn't happen. You know, you, you need you need that to happen over the long term and, and the depth. We haven't quite got the depth in every single position that we need to rotate, um, which, which would be ideal. But, you know, realistically, if everyone stays fit, we're playing the same eleven, aren't we? Um, if, if okay, maybe Skip comes in if, if if he returns. But realistically, you know that is the eleven that we're going to be playing um, week in week out if we can. So naturally, the players are going to get tired, um, and the Liverpool game is, is going to be one of those that, that particularly takes it out of us. But look, we've got to give it a go. We've got to give it a go. What, what what's yeah. the alternative? You, you've just yeah. got to throw everything at it and and hope that we come through it unscathed. Um, a point, a point will do. A win will be lovely. Let's try and avoid a loss. I mean, it's you know, it's basic, but I think that's yeah. that's where we've got to be looking. And um, yeah, fingers crossed that we, we we can we can keep everyone fit for the for the games um, before and after that. Yeah, I mean, and come over to you just very quick on that Liverpool game. I know. Listen, we've had this chat already about Liverpool ourselves. That it's always a tough ground for us mentally. We we always struggle in these kind of fixtures against these yeah. kind of teams. But, you know, yeah. as guys says on the screen there, you know, no one believe we'll beat Man City away, and we did. And what I like about Conte is that, you know, he's going to have a plan in place for this. You know, the Liverpool game for Spurs, we do have a week's preparation in between Brentford to Liverpool. So we are going to have the time on the training ground to try and work out some kind of formula. To Just go, go into there no fear, Rick. That's the bottom line, mate. Yeah. He can have all the tactics and everything in his head, and, and rightly so, he's the manager but for some reason, we can't go there and crumble. The minute we get off that team bus, we got we got to have winners in our in our blood. We got to you go there believe, and and and, yeah. and just turn up. I remember, I think it was a couple of years ago on the pots, we went one nil up, and then we just bottled it as you as per, you know. And it's just like, what's the point of going one up and, and you haven't got another a plan? I think if we go one nil up against them in an ideal world, go for the second. Go for the second. So let's um let's go there with no fear. And but but Leon's right. I'm, you, as Spurs fans, you ain't a Spurs fan if you're not worried about you know teams like Brentford or mm. Burnley. Yep. You know, so they're the teams that worry me the most. You know, obviously after we've discussed there, Liverpool comes that North London derby against Arsenal. Finally penciled in uh, May the twelfth on a Thursday night. I think you know all the the nerves are gonna be shredded for this one. Um, you know. 
it does feel like this game is going to have a pivotal say into as to who is going to finish fourth. Obviously, we know we've still got three or four games in between reaching this point. Joe, let's start with you. Me, and again, I'm happy to say this on camera, the way we're playing right now mentally, I think the players are on that different trajectory now where they're just going into every game laser mind ready now, focused on winning, not thinking about losing. Um, do you see that game against Arsenal being the pivotal game in that top four battle? Do you think it will be decided either before or after that? Hopefully it'll be decided before. I know we're saying we've got these eight cup finals, but this is the big, fat, juicy, shiny cup final, isn't it? This is the one that we're really... I'm excited about it. I'm actually not nervous about it. I'm excited mm. about it. And I think that's what the players will be feeling. They'll be really yeah. up for it. It's at our place. The It's an evening kickoff. It's good. The stadium's going to be amazing. Electric, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And I think it's completely in our hands. I'm not mm. nervous about that one at all. I'll, Happily to say, I, I'm not, that's no, not what I'm nervous about. Yeah, and we must also add, I think this is the, the probably the first one we've got fans in there. Obviously, we had the 2000 mm. in there um, when it was obviously during the COVID um, crisis. But, you know, Spurs are going to have that stadium full for the first time against Arsenal in a North London derby where it does feel it, it does feel like a winner-takes-all game. But, you know, we've got to say that before that Arsenal game, there's still, what, three, six, there's, there's nine points still to play for, Leon, between, you know, where we are now, to that Arsenal game. So the picture could look very different by the time we play them. Um, do you buy that, Leon, for you? It is make or break, or is it going to be difficult to say that based on the fact there's still quite a lot of games in between that still to come? Three games before, a couple of games after. Where do you stand on it? I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot can change in, in those three games. You know, we could be... We could be not. We could be six points clear, or or, points, yeah. or we could be we could be you know not nine points clear, or or, or not. You know, so um, I think let's see. Let's just wait and see what happens. I think we've got to get over across um, the, the games in between that one first, and if we could do that, um, then you know we go into the Arsenal game on 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 high confidence um, and allows us to really take the game to them and try and and try and you know try and try and get the result against yeah. them. Which I, I I'm, I'm kind of with Joe. I. I I do, I do think we can, we can beat them. I think they're very beatable, um, and I think, yeah, it's, not, it's on our, it's on our turf, and, and we're gonna, we're gonna be up for it if we're still in the fight by then. So, um, yeah, I, you know, it's a game that is, it's not make or break because I think there's a lot more games in between and after that, 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 that mean um, it isn't quite as critical as it, as it perhaps could be. But you know, three points against Arsenal is always satisfying, regardless of what, in, whether we're competing. For, for fourth spot together or whether we're opposite ends of the table. You know, it's a game you want to win. It's just a bit of added, added spice, yeah. the fact that we're so close in the table. So, um, yeah, bring it on. Agree. And let's come around to you. have got a question here. Um, very kindly listen to a question here from Drew Wilton, who says, uh, just how affected will Arsenal be with their injuries? I mean, I think obviously he's referring to Kieran Tierney. <clears throat> we know he's now out for the season. Partey, you know, I don't think he's out for the season, but he's obviously a, a doubt now for their upcoming games. Do you buy too much into that, Ant? In terms of what, Rick? In, in terms what, of their injuries, they've got... Tierney. Well, they've been lucky all season, haven't they? They've had no major injuries. Uh, and they've also whereas, had a week to prepare in between games as well, we must add. Week prepare. They haven't played two games uh, a week, uh, as was what we, we were doing uh, before before sort of like Christmas and stuff. So, yeah, they've been lucky. Uh, they've had lo- no bad injuries. They've had... And, and we've had more... Conge- you know, and now he's coming out... He was coming out the other week, old matey boy, moaning about... They're going to have to play Saturday, Tuesday, or Saturday and Wednesday. So what, mate? You're, you're pro athletes. Get on with it. You know, um, you've been lucky. Uh, we, we've been, we've had injuries 
a few left, right, center, as you just said, skips, you know, he's had a setback. So yeah, to just go on with it. Up. We just, yeah. we got, they got to come to us, right? Make that stadium so intimidated. I think I read one yeah. of your comments and yeah, it's yeah. spot on. Yeah. Make yeah. it intimidating. Do not let them play football. Get Absolutely. at them from minute one, right? Yeah. And just go there and show them that North London is 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 blue and white. I mean, you got again. We have to say it's, it's a young team, a young manager are in a position where they're not used to being in, and I think that also plays a factor into it. Like if you look at the season, um, if you look at the fact, you know, going into this game, Spurs, as you've just said, there out for me, they have to make that ground a fortress at night, and it will have be rocking. It, it will be. Rocking. We've got to yeah. make that rocking from half six in the evening, mate. The yeah. minute them gates open, make yeah. it rocking. Make them Arsenal fans come here and go, holy bleep! Like yeah. this is ridiculous. Like, wow. I want him. I want him to be jealous of our stadium. I want him to be. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! I hope we do, and boy, I tell you. <laughs> and I just hope that certain players don't play and make mistakes, mate. Just do not make mistakes on that game. No silly pass backs to Larice, and because yeah. Anyway, don't get me started. Playable forward. Playable forward for our sake. Just play forward. it forward, Larice. Just play it ne- forward, son. Next after Arsenal comes Burnley, and obviously, as we've seen, like Burnley. You know, that's a this massive win, Burnley mate. tonight. Yeah, yeah they're hard to play against. You know, Burnley, you know, now you say tonight, three two against Everton. Burnley have given themselves again a fighting chance to stay in this league. Just when you think Sean Dyche is done and Burnley are going to be going again, the miracle is on for Burnley. Again, you know, these are the games, Leon. I can see your face already there before I even ask you the question. These are the games that do worry you as a Spurs fan because you do feel for Burnley that um, they're going to need all the points possible to stay in the league, but it Spurs are at home. You know, how much do they have to use that home atmosphere that we've seen over the past few weeks for their advantage? Yeah, I think we need to use it hugely to our advantage. And to be honest, the word the word Burnley gives me gives me shivers because it is yeah. it is such a horrible, horrible team to play against. <laughs> as you, know, as you knew we, a couple of weeks ago, sorry to as say. As I knew a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Thanks, thanks for the flashbacks. But, you know, it, it was... They're, they're a tough team to play against, and obviously, yes, we've got an advantage that we are we're at home. That always helps. I think the atmosphere there is, you know, is is better than it's ever been, to be honest. Um, right now, um, so I think that plays in our favour. But they're a tough team to play against. But we know we know that, um, and we've got to hope that that we've got enough enough qualities. You know, something something that just someone scores a goal from outside the box. It's that kind of game where you need someone to come up with a bit of magic because. You're not going to get um, loads of chances, I don't think, against a team like Burnley. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about that game. Um, but it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a banana yeah, skin game. game, isn't it, Leon? It's one of them, like, yeah. uh, what we saw earlier this season. Yeah, the South. Yeah, it reminds yeah. me of, like, I don't want it to be like a Wolves at home game where yeah, yeah, yeah. we lost the game in 15, 20 minutes of the first half yeah. and we didn't yeah. turn yeah. up, as you know. know. Those games still anger me, to be honest, because it was at that point when we had the games in hand. And you think if you won those, we wouldn't be talking about being well, Spurs so are, to, Yeah, it's funny. Arsenal. You look at those games that Spurs had, Spurs would be walking the top four had they got those yeah. wins, as we saw. You know, of course, Southampton uh, in, that, in that week. It's just, it is obviously disappointing that we're, listen, we, I think if you said to any Spurs fan going into the last eight or nine games, we've got a chance of top four. When you look at how we <laughs> yeah. started with Nuno, you would have you bitten your yeah, arm yeah. off for it. You would have bitten your <laughs> yeah. arm off for it. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely, no, definitely. So yeah, look, look, it, it, every game is 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 slightly nerve wracking, but um, Burnley in particular, just because because we've got a bad record against them, really, haven't we? Yeah. And and, it, and it's re- it's recent. Mm. And I know it, I know it's at home. I know that plays a factor, but it's that's still mm. really hard to break down. So yeah, it's yeah. just yeah, they're just frustrating. Fast forward, the, the final day of the season doesn't get any easy. Well, it should hopefully be uh, academic at the end of the season for Spurs. They've got Norwich. We'd hope by then, Joe, Norwich are down. And it'll just got be a farewell, play. won't it? Because they're at home, so it'll just be them saying goodbye to the Premier League, hopefully, at that yeah. point. Yeah, but they got Tim Crawl. I must have. We've, we've been here before with Newcastle <laughs> when they went down, right? I think Exactly. They got relegated, yeah. And they, yeah, I just... Joe, any concerns for that final game of the season? If Spurs are in a position where it all lands, it all comes down to that game for top four? I don't think so. I think if we're pl- really playing for that to be our, you know, must-win game to get the top four, that we can do it. I don't, I'm not too concerned about that one. If that was Burnley or if that was Brentford, maybe I'd be a bit more worried. But I think Norwich, I think we'll be okay. I hope yeah. top four's settled by then. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah. I can't I have, too. I can't have them lot have to beat them lot and we got to beat Norwich oh I can't I can't I can't go through that I think for all of our sakes we don't want it to go down to the final day we've all been there as Spurs fans before we don't want to go back and what that was like no on the final day we don't but what we will do is we will go for our final break of the show for our listeners that are on audio taking this break you're going to hear from John Towney from the Claret and Blue pod and also very kindly we've also had another preview from Craig over at the Glam Pop podcast who are giving their thoughts to us ahead of Aston Villa to come this weekend. Bonham Hotspur have won on their last six visits to Villa Park in the Premier League and I don't think I'd be mistaken for thinking that Spurs' longest winning run against any other team in history was against, you guessed it, Aston Villa back in the 50s. So it doesn't bode particularly well that Steven Gerrard will need to avoid defeat this weekend or it becomes four losses in a row for the club for the first time since Dean Smith was sacked back in November. That was, of course, just one part of what's been a really chaotic season for Villa. In fact, I think starting with the £100 million sale of Jack Grealish, as Spurs' Spurs's fan base know better than anyone else um, how tricky it is to replace a player with so much influence in the recruitment that follows. Villa have spent £95 million on Danny Ings, Leon Bailey, Emi Buendir, but all three have struggled in, in patches this season. And I'd argue that all three of them are fighting for one position in, obviously, now Steven Gerrard's team. Um, last season was plain sailing in the final weeks and months of the of the campaign, which is a complete contradiction to what Villa fans have been used to in the last decade or so, uh, whether it be a relegation fight at the end of the season or potentially promotion out of the Championship too. Um, obviously, because the club spent three years in the second division. But the season so far, again, up and downs, but the last eight games of the season provide a really good opportunity to, to end the season as we hope to start next season, really. Um Listen, I don't think anyone expected Villa to fast-track their assault on the league's top seven this season. And to be honest, I think if you asked any Villa fan 10 months ago, Jack Grealish is being sold, Dean Smith is going, and the club's top scorer with eight games left to play this season is just on eight goals, where would they be finishing in the division? I would probably suggest where Everton are. Um, you know, fine relegation, but it hasn't turned out that way. And Villa sitting in 11th. If they beat Wolves last week, they'd be within five or six points of uh, eighth place. So it, there's plenty of positives, but equally plenty in, uh, plenty of things to work on um, in the summer. In terms of team news, this weekend, Gerard will be boosted by Marvellous Nakamba's comeback. He should be able to play some part of the game. He was a key, key cog under Gerard um, in his first few games as, as the Villa head coach when he was appointed back in November. Um, Luca Dean should also be fit. He came off with a stomach bug against Wolves and Danny Ings, he missed the trip to Molyneux. 
because his wife was having a baby. In terms of Villa's last few results, they lost three against European chasing teams. West Ham, obviously, Champions League hopefuls, Arsenal uh, and Wolves as well. But then in three games before then, you're looking at wins against Brighton, Southampton, Leeds, a 2-0, 4-0, 3-0 wins, three clean sheets. It was all looking rosy um, after Villa kind of overcame a bit of a slump before then. So to be honest, in the last six weeks, it's been a microcosm of the last um, of, of, of this season, really. Um, you know, ups and downs and plenty to and, and plenty to scratch your head at. Completely inconsistent is how I'd sum up um, Villa's season so far. But Villa have lost 12 games this season by one goal, which is the most in the division uh, by that statistic. And only three clubs in the whole division have actually lost more games than Villa. Um, just Watford, Norwich and Everton. With Burnley, in fact, losing fewer games than Villa. So for Spurs, you'd be boosted by that, no doubt. Um, I think... Tottenham have scored four, I mean, you guys are no better than me, scored four goals, I think it is, or more, in three of your last five games. So that's certainly something for Gerrard to um, to think about when he picks his formation and the system that he goes with. Usually it's a 4-3-2-1 with two number 10s cutting inside from the flanks. Um, or it can be a 4-3-1-2 with two strikers on the pitch, Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins. I predict that he'll probably play with two 10s because Emi Buendia has been pretty bright off the bench in recent weeks. Um, so I predict a Martinez, Emi Martinez in goal, May Cash. It's a, it's a debate between uh, Ezri Concer and Callum Chambers, obviously the old Arsenal centre half. Um, they'll be lining up with Tyron Mings and Luca Dean as a back four, back five, including including Martinez. Um, I don't think Marmson Campbell will make a dramatic return to fitness in time to start this one, but I think Douglas Louise will hold uh, with John McGinn and Jacob Ramsey providing that bit of energy in the middle of the pitch. And Emi Buendia, Coutinho, either side of Ollie Watkins. It's it's a tricky one for Villa this weekend. Spurs are banging form, but in front of a banging Villa Park crowd, 5.30 kickoff. I think they've really got to show much more than what they've been dishing out in recent weeks. Um, the Omens are, as they usually are, against Villa too. I think won just four of the last 30 Premier League games in April, which is something for Spurs to, um, to hang on to. Won two games in 20 against Tottenham. So Aston Villa's work is certainly cut out this weekend. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Craig Storrid here from Gather Round the Lamp podcast, which is a podcast brought to you by the website underagaslitlamp.com. I am an Aston Villa fan coming in peace to preview this weekend's clash. A really interesting time. It seems to be a Spurs fan, Antonio Conte, absolutely flying. Also an interesting time to be an Aston Villa fan. Aston Villa under Steven Gerrard, absolutely not flying. Uh, more kind of skidding perilously towards a cliff edge as we uh, as the season peters out. And um, we couldn't be really meeting you at the worst time, I think, from an Aston Villa perspective. I watched the, uh, I watched the Newcastle fixture at the weekend with uh, kind of through my fingernails as uh, Spurs just banged in goal after goal after goal after goal. Um, it seems that Spurs are flying, absolutely incredible form. Kane flying, Sun flying, 
the new winger from Juventus, uh, um, Dejan Kulu- Kuluzewski. I think I'm hopefully saying that right. Flying. Bentanker flying. You are at Spurs in excellent form. So as a Villa fan, I personally am somewhat dreading this meeting coming up at the weekend. Um, it is really difficult to see how Villa could keep a clean sheet. We are leaking goals. In fact, we're giving away goals. We have a coined a phrase on our podcast called the Aston Villa Goal Giveaway Club because it seems that every week Villa are finding new and unusual ways to give goals away to our opposition. So um, Spurs certainly can look forward to some of that charity on uh, the weekend at Villa Park if our recent form is anything to go by. A really interesting time for Aston Villa fans. Gerard came in like a house on fire, won four out of his first six, replacing Dean Smith, who was a very popular Villa manager. Gerard then went on an absolute stinking run, only winning one in nine games. And then he turned it around again and won three in a row. And now he's lost three in a row. So some real Jekyll and Hyde stuff from Steven Gerrard so far in his um, managerial reign at Aston Villa. No way of knowing, really, as an Aston Villa fan, which Aston Villa is going to turn up. So on, on Saturday, you could get the vibrant Aston Villa, kind of led by Philip Coutinho, who is absolutely just an, still an incredible player, still as good as he ever was, perhaps, um, in certain moments, just completely unplayable. And then on other occasions, Philip Coutinho is absolutely silent. He's almost like you wouldn't know he was he was there. So hopefully from a Villa perspective, we get the, the former version. And with a bouncing Villa Park behind us, hopefully we can regain some momentum and regain some form. Um, in terms of how we have been lining up tactically, Steven Gerrard has been really mixing and matching. He had seemed to fall upon a formation that uh, was working when we won the three games in a row, which was a diamonded midfield with Ollie Watkins partnering Danny Ings up front and Philip Coutinho sitting in the number 10 role behind those two was working quite well. And then for some unknown reason, um, Gerard threw that away, went back to his uh, two number 10 system, which wasn't working earlier in the season. That was what he was playing when we won one in nine. Uh, brought Brem Deer back in for Ings and we went on to lose to um, Arsenal. We also then went on to lose to um, Wolves in quite diabolical fashion. Our local rivals, Wolves, last weekend. So, not entirely sure what to expect from Villa, but I do expect that Spurs will be given the opportunity to score some goals because we're just so porous at the back at the moment. The midfield really offers the defence no protection whatsoever. So, the likes of Son and, and Kane, I'm sure, will get opportunities. And with the quality that they have, I'm sure they will finish those opportunities. So I'm expecting quite a heavy defeat, actually. I'm expecting Spurs to score three or four. I think that Villa will get on the score sheet as well, but I do think it's going to be a comprehensive defeat. In terms of a starting eleven. it really depends on what Gerard is thinking. I'm going to assume that he goes back to his two-number-10 system, um, because that seems to be how he wants to play. So you can probably expect Villa to line up with uh, Emi Martinez of Arsenal fame, obviously, in goal. Right back will be Poland international Matty Cash, who's having a very good season. The centre-backs will probably be Tyrone Mings and Ezri Konza, although Ezri Konza has been in poor form and may be replaced by Callum Chambers. Luca Dean will start at left-back. Douglas Louise will probably regain his place in midfield and I would expect him to line up alongside 
Jacob Ramsey, who has been one of the bright sparks for Villa this season. And of course, John McGinn, who has real quality about him, if uh, some inconsistency issues, shall we say. And then I think we will also see Coutinho, obviously. It will be Buendia. And then I think Ollie Watkins up front on his own. Uh, Villa really trying to attack through the middle. We don't have a great deal of width. The only width that we have comes from the fullbacks. So um, it is definitely easy to defend against Villa for the most part um, when you know everything's coming through the middle. Um, so again, not entirely confident that we're going to do so well this weekend against Spurs. I'm predicting a comfortable Spurs win, but obviously I hope I'm wrong. Guys, thank you much as always for your incredible support. We've got, what, nearly 350 of you watching us live on a night where we've had Champions League, Premier League, and you guys are loyal to last one on Spurs. So thank you so much for all your incredible support. We've got a wonderful panel here who've given us their thoughts on Skippy's setback. We've had the top four analysed, and now we're looking ahead to Aston Villa to come this coming Saturday evening. Let's kick it off. Joe, let's come over to you. Um, Villa, they've suffered a real dip in form under Gerard recently. Uh, I think when you look at overall, it's three wins, three losses in their last six games, but you know they've just won one of their lot. Well, I say that, you look at their form generally, they've dropped into the bottom half of the league under Steven Gerrard. Have you, have you yeah. been surprised by Villa this season how they've kind of meandered their way through since Gerrard's appointment? Yeah, I was looking at the league just now and thinking it kind of... Uh, it doesn't really reflect how their form's been lately. I mean, you think they'd be lower, actually, considering how their form has been lately. And you would think a big appointment like Gerard coming in would kind of really boost things. But also, but look what's happened at Lampard at Everton. So it doesn't necessarily always happen like that, does it? So, you know, for our sake, it's brilliant. You know, they're obviously, they're low on confidence at the moment. Um, yeah, we're going to their place. But, you know, I don't think it's going to be too much of a of a challenge. So... I mean, prepared to have egg on my face here, but no, I think it's going to be, this is quite a good game for us to have now. We're full of confidence. They're not mm. happy days, I think. You know, Leon, coming over to you, they just suffered a, you know, a defeat to Wolves for Villa that, you know, really poor for them in a, in a derby that will mean a lot to their fans. I, I do feel with Villa though, they'll look at someone like Everton and the way their season has kind of gone in a complete landslide. I think Villa will be happy to probably just to stay in the league because I think when Gerard came in there, they're... they're this situation was quite precarious. Gerard has actually steadied the ship now where they know they're established in terms of a Premier League side. They'll look yeah. to rebuild in the summer. I'm sure put some money behind him as well. I think the one player that I know me and Anna spoke about many occasions that we gutted that Spurs didn't maybe make the move for was Philip Coutinho. You got any concerns about him being influential on the weekend? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's a great player and I share that view. I'd love to have seen him at Spurs. I think he would have been... Um, he would have been good. Would he have been as good as Kulisewski? Probably not, actually. So I think we probably we actually ended up making the right the right decision if it was in our hands or, or not. But um, yeah, you know, I actually think Villa are the kind of team that we play well against because you know that they aren't going to sit back necessarily. I think that, that it's not in their DNA that they will have a go. Um, and yes, that, that their defence is poor. So I think they're the kind of team that we that we can play well against. Um, you know, I, I don't want to sort of be be too cocky, but. Um, I think I think we can we can we can hopefully win that game, um, but need, need to be on need to be on on our toes because yes they've got Coutinho, um, and, and I think that Gerard I actually think Gerard probably will become a very good manager um, because he's mm. done a, <clears throat> a fairly decent job since going in there. Okay, yes, recent recent form's been been tricky, but yeah. Um, but yeah, you know I, I think I think they'll be they'll be um, a game we have to be on our toes for, but we should 
should play well against them and another kind of team that we that we do all right and yes completely agree adrian we need to score early we need to score early in every single game um yeah, yeah the new that's why I was, the, the newcastle game when the, the first the first half um they were a bit slow and a bit sloppy and you do start thinking i know uh the other guys said that they they were confident when when newcastle went one up but i i, I sort of thought oh no uh it's gonna it's gonna happen um because Especially with I think, the way I think we, we, see games out now I, I agree with you leon that's the worry you go one nil down but, you know, I, I do think, I don't know if you agree, Leon, coming back to you on that, I think Spurs' character at the moment, they're not fearful of going one down. They actually believe they can score goals, as we've seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and, and that that's the big difference. And the other big difference is that when we go one up, which um, <laughs> is fairly rare these days, we like to do it the hard way. But, but you know, if, if we go one up, we don't do what we did against Mourinho and even under Nuno, which is just sit back and try and try and grind out a result. We, you know, we keep going. We keep wanting to score more. And I think that that's that's a really encouraging part of our mindset and our mentality that we're yeah. missing from previous managers, and that you know, has got to be down to Conte, hasn't it? So um, credit where it's due. But yeah, I'm, I'm confident about Villa. I, I've mm. got a good feeling about it. But you know, you, you can you can all laugh at me once once uh, <laughs> once the result comes in. But I feel not. as though I feel as though we're in a good we're, we're in a good spot with them. Yeah, and let's come over to you to start to close the show. I mean, Villa, we know Danny Ings missed their 2-1 loss over Wolves after the birth of his child, but oh. he should return to the side. Uh, yeah, Lucas Dinier, I was about to say Danny Ings loves scoring against Spurs, doesn't he? Yeah, it? he's got a good record, hasn't he? Really good yeah, record. Yeah, he's got a great uh, record. Lucas, <laughs> oh, Lucas Dinier currently halts their doubts. Ashley Young is probably in line to deputise uh, the former left-back once more. Douglas Louise, a player Spurs with Hemlin in January, um, may also return to that midfield at the expense of Morgan Sanson. And let's get a prediction. Let's get it underway. What are you going to go for? No, three one, Spurs. 3-1. Okay, and I think we will us. go one nil. I think we will yeah. go one nil down though. Okay, interesting. Okay, and it's back of us next Wednesday. Ollie Watkins. So we'll uh, be getting Ant's reaction next Wednesday about how that's gone. Let's go around <laughs> to Joe next. <laughs> Joe, let's get your prediction. What's well, been a great day? We've been lovely having you on, Joe. What are you going to go for? Well done, Joe. Thank you. Three nil Spurs. Oh, and clean sheet. Love that. Yeah. Go no, on, Joe. Remember, that's why. Is that an early goal in there as well, Joe? Is that an early goal in there as well for us? Yeah, of course. Sunny, sunny early goal. And you, can then... see, you can see Joe's on her debut because the confidence there, <laughs> when you've done this show for a couple of years as Ant has done, you don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's terrified oh, to predict. Mate. Don't. <laughs> Brilliant. Leon, let's come around to you. Let's close it, Leon. What are you going to go for? I reckon I reckon four one and I reckon I reckon a Kane a Kane double and a Son double a Son uh, double. Um, I'm confident Kane Kane's going to score. He, you know he's going to he wanted one against yeah, Newcastle. Yeah. He's going to score against Villa. He's been in electric form, guys. It's been lovely having you all. And you're back with me next week with cracks. We've got wonderful Kimberly Chambers joining us as well. Should be a really yeah, we've got show. Kimbo, haven't we? So yeah. we've got Kimbo Chambers on. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Uh, she's yeah. a good friend of mine, and yeah, she's a lovely, lovely lady and a. And a fantastic talented author so I'm looking forward to that but Absolutely. credit where it's due well done Joe lovely to meet you Joe and Leon top top guest mate top guest been brilliant been brilliant and very quickly um, tickets still available for Blue are they all gone just for know, our, yeah. our wonderful <laughs> on, on <the> sale, <laughs> see what I've done there see what I've done there trying yeah. to tie some more in I'm not going to um, I won't be able to do the show when I'm on tour will I we can see what we can do we see might come to you uh, yeah, come to me crowd surf Crowd surf, crowd surf. Come, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> meet, meet me backstage. Meet me backstage, Rick. Yeah, no, it's all well. It's all going well. Touch wood. I don't really get involved with it. I just turn up and yeah, see what happens. That's the job. 
Does it? <laughs> Brian Anthony Costa. I love Aaron Anthony Bat. He's back with us next week. Joe, been lovely having you on the show for your debut. Been a great debut. Joe, where can we find you across the socials? You got my Twitter handle, Joanna S. Barlow. I tweet about Spurs and my cat mainly. So if you're into that kind of thing, mm. uh, give me a follow. Does that mean the cat gets more tweets and Spurs aren't doing real well? There's been a lot of <laughs> What's yes. your cat's name, Joe? My cat's called Willow. Interesting. That's very Spurs, isn't it? <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to name it after a Spurs player like Aussie no, or something. If it was a boy, it Lidley. would have been um, Delhi. So. Oh, there right. we go. Okay. Delhi, Delhi never fails to get a mention. Unfortunately, not getting a mention much of Everton at the moment. Still can't get in the side there. Joe, been lovely to have you. Well, sure, it will be the first of many appearances. Been lovely having you, Leon. Lovely having you back on. We've finally broken the duck of you coming on after a game where Spurs haven't lost. Yes, Leon. Yes. Where can people find you on social media? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, Leon Emirali on Twitter, um, tweeting mainly about Spurs, but also a bit a bit of politics uh, as well. So, yeah, go and, go and give me a follow. Amazing. Guys, Joe, Leon, and been a pleasure. We will be back with you guys for live reaction on Saturday evening as Ant there gives us the, uh, the memo, come on you Spurs. Saturday night special on the last one on Spurs. We'll be reviewing, hopefully, Spurs taking all three points at Villa Park. But for now, guys, from Joe, from Ant, from Leon, myself, keep safe, keep well. And as always, thanks so much for your support. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.